Well, good morning, and, uh, and welcome to another morning here at Involve Church. I'm standing in front of Mercy Medical Center. Well, at least what's left of it. It seems it's been scheduled to be demoed, and so here you get to watch part of that demolition taking place. And there's a whole analogy in that in and of itself, but that's not, that's not the reason why I'm here. I'm actually here because I want to talk about how God gives us pain as an indicator. That's not a very nice subject, I understand, but it's still true, and it's what the text is going to be talking about today. So I'm standing here because, one, I took my first breath in this hospital, but I also visited for several several times after for injuries and accidents and things like that. In fact, in first grade, I was swinging down our stairs and I slipped and fell down on one side and landed on my, my hand the wrong way. And so when I got up, my hand was, I think was kind of over on this side and my wrist was still over here on this side. And I remember crying out, dad, dad, dad. And, and he's like, what, what happened? I said, I broke my arm. He's like, how do you know? And I've held up my, my arm and my hand was, was over here and my wrist was over there. And, it's like, yeah, I think, I think you did break it. So, so we came over here to Mercy Medical Center and they reset it for me. You know, they, they put me out and I was pretty young and I remember waking up and having a cast on my arm and everything. Well, that was just the first of many accidents, actually. Um, when I was in second grade, we came back over here because my brother and I, we were doing some farming and, um, well, to make a long story short, I kind of pinched the end of my finger between a couple chains and yeah, lost fingernails, you know, things like that. Uh, and so I came over here because it needed to be, you know, taken care of. And, uh, and they did, they took care of it. And then in fourth grade, I broke my nose with a, a bat that came across it. So they came over here and I remember actually going to the doctor and the doctor sitting me down and saying, well, it looks like your nose is broken. We'll take, you know, take a couple x-rays. We could do that. Um, I can pretty much tell it's broken, so there's a couple options for you. One, we can just leave it. The other option is, well, we can, um, we can put an elevator up your nose. And I remember thinking as a kid, a fourth grader, I'm like, an elevator up my nose? Imagine what goes through your mind as a fourth grader, right? So uh, we opted not to do that, and, uh, and I left it alone, and my nose healed up, I think, okay. Um, seems to have healed up okay, anyhow. So. Uh, so those are just some of the things that happened here. I was knocked unconscious, you know, sixth grade, came here. Uh, and then when I was 19, this was a place, I actually had a lot of a blood work done. And, uh, and there's a reason for that. They found some ab abnormal things in my blood and, and decided, well, you could have a, a variety of things. So we came here, did some, some testing for tumors. Uh, they did some testing for leukemia. They did all kinds of things. And, and then at the end, basically what they told me was, well, you're just, you're just messed up. Like, really? Okay, yeah, you just, your blood's abnormal. You're going to have to live with it. We don't really know what's going on. And, and that's just been the case ever since. So hospitals, doctors, the medical field, is all there because we have physical needs. Um, and we have those physical needs. We come here because pain uh, is an indicator. Now, when I came here when I was 19 to go through all the tests, I didn't really have any pain. They just saw something abnormal and wanted to check it out. But all the other times, there was pain. Isn't it interesting? Uh, we know that when we have pain, we have physical pain, uh, we come and we seek help and we get help. But think about this, spiritual pain, what do we do? 
You see, when there's emotional and spiritual pain, oftentimes what we do is we try to self-medicate it, we try to fix it ourselves, rather than turning to the, to the one who created us and gave us life. It shouldn't be that way. In, in reality, we should, we should turn to our creator, the one who knows us so well. And I think that's what Paul is telling us here in this passage. A big idea is, is this for today. You have pain and it's real, but so is the glory to come. You have pain and it's real, and I'm, we're not gonna deny that, I'm not gonna deny that. I know I have pain, I know you have pain. It's real, it's there, and it's an indicator to help point us back to Christ. But just like that pain is real, so is the glory to come. So let's take a look at our text today. We are in Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 18. And we have this word here. And this, con or this, this translation starts with the word for. Some translations vary a little bit. But there's a reason for that. When you go into the Greek text, you're going to find a conjunction, the word gar in Greek. And whenever you see it, it connects it to another thought. And so not only do we want to see this verse 18, I want to show you something here. If you go back and look at verse 16, this is when the complete thought starts. He says, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. We talked a little bit about that last week. And if children also heirs, meaning we have an inheritance with him, and we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him. Now, we don't like that very much, do we? Christ suffered immensely. His, his suffering was great. When he suffered, the, the wrath of God was poured out upon him. Wow. I don't think we're ever going to suffer to that extent. But when he, when he ascended and went back to heaven, he did say we are the body of Christ, and the body of Christ will suffer. Just like the rest of all creation. We're not immune to suffering. I, ho I hope you understand that. I know that there are some teachers out there under the, the Christian name that will tell you or tell us that we shouldn't suffer. But that's not at all what the Bible teaches. The Bible says all suffered, all creation suffers. And we certainly will suffer too. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. So to wrap that up, we are God's children, heirs, and we suffer as Christ suffered, and we will also receive glory as Christ receives glory. 4, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. That's the first four. There's going to be five fours altogether here. I want you to see all five of these. The first point that he makes is he's, he says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time, what we're going through right here and right now, are not worth comparing. The sufferings, yeah, they're bad. Yeah, they're uncomfortable. Yeah, they're painful. Yeah, they're difficult. But they're not even close in comparison to how awesome, how great, and how glorious, and how wonderful the glory is going to be. Remember that. 
That's a promise. I, we can't imagine what heaven is going to be like. We know what pain is like. But heaven is going to be far greater than any suffering and pain we go through here. Christ knew that. And that's what took him to the cross. He knew the joy and the pain, or excuse me, the joy and the comfort and the peace that we would all receive through his death, burial, and resurrection. It's what led him there because he loves us so much. Verse 19 is the second four. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. All creation there. That's what the word is talking about when he says creation. Creation eagerly waits. It's waiting for this, this anticipation or it has this anticipation when things are going to progress and when the glory is to be revealed. Some will see it firsthand. Some will see it and still have to pay for their own sins because they didn't choose to follow God and choose to believe in Christ, but still all creation waits for it. In fact, the other one, verse 20, the other four, the third one, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. Now this is getting to be a little more difficult. You see, verse 20 tells us that God did subject us to pain. He did it because we sinned, not because he's a mean God, not because he's cruel, but because in Adam we all sinned. Romans already talks about that. So we don't have to go back and look at it. He, Romans chapter 5 talks about how in Adam we all sin. And because of that, there is sin in the world. And because there's sin in the world, there's pain and there's, there's heartache. And we receive the consequences that come with that pain and that heartache for the creation was subjected to futility not willingly we didn't choose to to have the consequences we chose to sin but the consequences is just the result of that sin but here's why and this is the important part verse 20 in hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay in the glorious freedom of God's children. You see, pain and comfort, or pain and discomfort comes so that we can have hope. We believe and we know that God has a plan. And in God's plan, he brings great hope. Creation itself will be set free from the bondage to decay Verse 22 is the, th the fourth four. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning. There's a, a word there, groaning with this immense grieving and emotion. We've all been doing that together with labor pains until now. And here's why. We know that it's not right. This is not the way God created the world to be but it's what sin has made it to be. Verse 23, not only that, but we ourselves who have the spirits as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. And that kind of wraps it all up to basically just say, all creation is growing. All creation knows that this isn't right. All creation knows that God really did create things to be perfect. And all creation longs for perfection. But you and I, 
Sometimes we get in our head that we should maybe have things a little bit easier because we're followers of Jesus Christ, and it's simply not true. While we're here on this earth, we have a hope, but it doesn't mean we're not going to suffer some of the same consequences that others suffer while we're here on this earth. But the glory to come, that is unique and special for the believer in Jesus Christ. And it's what we long for, it's what we're eagerly waiting for, that adoption, the redemption of our bodies. I can't wait for that. I, I got patched up here at this hospital. I got a cast on, I got bandages put on, I got sewed up, you know, things like that. But man, we go to heaven, this old frail body that's broken down, it's gonna be perfected. It's gonna be glorified. My relationship with God is gonna be perfected. It's gonna be glorified. I can't not wait for that. How awesome is that gonna be? Verse 24, this translation uses the word now. In Greek, it's the same word. It's the fifth gar. You could be for this hope or for in this hope. This translation says now in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. In other words, hope is invisible. It's something you can't see. It's something you believe in, something you have faith in, but you can't see it. Because who hopes for what he sees? Once you see it, you have that evidence before you. And so, so we believe in something. We have hope in something we haven't seen. We have hope that there is a heaven. We have hope that there is a God. We have hope that Jesus Christ did die on the cross and rise from the dead. Because in that, we have life. Verse 25, now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. Something we all are very good at, right? <laughs> I'm not. Patience is so hard. But there is a reason, there is a purpose for pain. God gave it to us so it would indicate and show what's going on in our lives. You have pain, and it's real, but so is the glory to come. But what happens when your pain is so great? What happens when it's so difficult? We'll keep reading verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. I love this passage. I take people here quite often when they're going through difficult times and they just say, I don't, I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know what to, to think. I, I don't know how to talk to God during this. And you know what's, what the good news is? You don't have to know what to say. The Spirit already knows it. You, you see what God is, God's not looking for us to have all the perfect words, all the right things to say. He's not looking for us to know exactly how to proceed. What he's looking for us to do is to come back to him and say, Abba, Father, Daddy, I need you. I need your help. When I was in first grade, my dad was actually talking to my mom at the time. My mom was up visiting my grandma, and, uh, and my dad was the only one around. My mom was gone, and of course, she heard the whole thing because it was on the phone, and here I am crying in the background. I'm sure she was freaking out, like, well, oh, what's happened to my son? And, and my dad, my dad was the one I ran to. My dad was the one I went to. My dad, I said, Dad, Dad, my hand, my arm. It hurts, it's broken, and that time with, with many others, he picked me up, he took care of me, 
He was always there. That's just a, a glimpse of what our Heavenly Father's like. He's always there. He, I didn't have to have the right words when, when my arm broke. I didn't have to come and say, well, Dad, it appears that my arm has been fractured and it is misplaced now. I, I didn't have to do any of that. I, I just simply said, Dad, I hurt. When you hurt spiritually, when you hurt emotionally, when, when there's so much pain and discomfort in your life, you don't have to have all the right words. You just come to the Father and you say, Daddy, I, I hurt. And look at what he says, the Spirit intercedes and speaks with unspoken groanings. Verse 27, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He knows exactly what needs to be communicated. The Spirit, spirit knows us that well. It's it, that intimate in our lives. Don't forget about that. Cling to that hope. What an incredible verse. Verse 28 then. Some people know this verse well. Some people can't stand this verse because it's, it's quoted at times, sometimes a little insensitively, uh, insensitively. If I can get that word out right. But I think it is, it is truth and, it, and we need to be reminded of it. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. This is something we know. So we've talked about in life how you will suffer, but the glory to come is, is awesome, right? We've talked about in life you have a perfect prayer partner who is the Holy Spirit who can intercede and, and groan for us. And now we talk about in life, we have this knowledge that we live with. This is the gospel part, okay? This is the part that you have, have believed when you said, I trust that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead for my sins. This is the part you've believed. We know that all, all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. What we know is that Jesus Christ came to this earth, he suffered, he bled, and he died, and he did it for us so that he could then take us and transform us and make us into the image of himself to be more Christ-like. And he works with us. Let's be honest with ourselves just for a moment here. If life was perfect and life was comfortable, we would not grow nearly as much as we do through the heartache and the pain and the difficulty of life. It's true. If, if we always felt good, if everything was always comfortable, we would not grow as much as we do through the heartache and the pain and the difficulty of life. Verse 29, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You see, Jesus Christ was the first to ascend into heaven. 
after his death and burial and resurrection. And here it talks about how he's the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We've been united. We're co-heirs with Christ. We are placed into Christ. And so we become brothers and sisters, and therefore we have a glory that is to come. Yeah, the pain and suffering is terrible here. It can be difficult at times. But God's conforming us, he's transforming us, and we will go to heaven. So verse 30, those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. He glorified. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we're justified. That means that when God the Father looks at us, he says, I, I see you as righteous. I see you as the kind of person you need to be in order to come to heaven because of the work of Jesus Christ. He declared us righteous. That's what justification means. Sanctification is what we're doing now, being conformed and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We're not perfect here on this earth. Each one of us makes mistakes. We've already looked at that last week and the week before. and We wrestle with the flesh. We're, we're trying to overcome that. We're trying to be more Christ-like. But when we die and we go to heaven, we're glorified. Another way to, to look at it is, is this. Before justification, we're simply just living in sin. And when we're justified, we're declared righteous through the work of Jesus Christ because Jesus has given us his righteousness. And now we live in this sanctification phase where we have both sin and the spirit, both the flesh and the spirit that we're struggling with in this life. That's our current state right here on earth. But when we go to heaven, sin and the flesh, they're completely gone. And there, it's just the spirit. It's just perfection. I can't wait till that time. But in order to go through this time period of sanctification, we're going to continue to wrestle with the, the flesh. We're going to continue to wrestle with, with the heartache and the pain. But that pain... That discomfort is there to help us be more like Christ. You have pain, and it's real. And I don't want to downplay that at all. I know it's real. I know it hurts. It's real, but so is the glory to come. A couple application points here as we close. Is there pain in your life that can help you grow? How are you using it to help bring you closer to God? And how can you use it to help bring others to God? You see, the pain and the discomfort we have in this life will help us become more Christ-like, but it also helps other people become more Christ-like. What are you doing with the pain that God has given you? And then the second application point I'd like you to think through and, and, and actually do, follow through with this this week. Walk around your neighborhood this week sometime and then pray for opportunities to talk to your neighbors about life and what's going on. And pray specifically for conversations that will lead to people or lead people to find help and understanding through Christ. Okay? Pray specifically for conversations that will help people know Christ, follow Christ. And, and they might relate to some pain that you're going through. Be real with them. 
don't put on a front that being a Christian is, is like this, this thing where, oh, well, now I'm a Christian. I don't have any pain or discomfort. That's, that's totally a lie. You're a Christian, and you believe in Christ, and that means that through your pain and your comfort, you have hope. That's what it means to be a Christian. It's not that you don't ever have pain or suffering. It's that when you have pain and suffering, you now have hope. And that hope is the glory to come. That'll never be taken away. That's what we take a look at next week. Nothing will take you away from the glory that is to come. I look forward to going through that passage with you. Pastor Luke's going to be leading through that, and that's going to be an awesome passage. Many people cling to that. I cling to that hope, and I know you'll cling to it too. So tune back in next week as well. But remember this week, there's pain in your life. That pain is real, <laughs> but so is the glory to come.